This program is brought to you by the Living Church Boise. Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. This week, um, I was was hanging out. We were, you know, trying to figure out, okay, what what decision should we make? We're praying through the church and uh, my wife has been helping me quite a bit with us making daily encouraging videos and stuff like that to put up on our Facebook page so that uh, you guys will be encouraged with Jesus. And she tells me one night, um, it was quite late, we were getting ready to go to bed and she looks at the kitchen sink and the uh, sink is full of dishes. And she says, boy, I, got, I know i got to finish the dishes but it's really like energy. And, and then she doesn't stop that. She says, I know I'm going to do the dishes and in just a couple of minutes, it's going to be full of dishes all over again. Monotony, the drudgery of just repetition. You know, um, summer is going to be here soon. And one thing I hate in summertime is mowing the lawn. You know why? Same old dumb repetition of week in and week out, brrr, mowing the lawn. One thing I like about mowing the lawn is I'm doing something that has an engine to it. So it's kind of fun. You know, but it involves walking. So I don't know. Maybe I should get a riding lawnmower. Getting a haircut, man. You know, one week you get a haircut, you're like, hey, I look fresh. Three weeks later, you look like the missing link, right? Repetition of drudgery of this work that just keeps piling up. Maybe that's not something that you can identify with, but um, maybe this is something that you can identify with. You get bored with your current job. And so you say, you know what? I'm going to start looking for a different job. And so then you find a different job. You find a different boss. You find a different location to go work at. You find a different line of work. You have a new desk, a new chair, but the same old boredom. Right? Or even you, you think that, hey, you know, my marriage is not working out, and so you ditch your wife, you div- get a divorce, and, and you find this other, you know, younger, harder, more whatever, educated woman, and you marry her, and you find the same old problems in your marriage. You see, the problem was not your job, the problem was not your wife, the problem is not your car, the problem is not your home, the problem is lack of contentment. And what we do oftentimes, in, instead of confronting a lack of contentment, we go about with the same old drudgery of finding the next thing that will satisfy. And I'm telling you, no matter how much you work to try and find meaning and purpose in life without Jesus, you're going to be dissatisfied, depressed, and down in the dumps. Like the sun, like the wind, like the ocean, we can never see enough, we can never hear enough, we can never have enough to be satisfied. Nothing we see, hear, or have can bring meaning to the redundant boredom of life. Sadly, however, this is something that um, I don't know if I should share with you, but I think I should. I know my kids are still very young, but we teach our children, work hard and you will get further in life. Every single dad or mom um, that wants the children to succeed, we teach them, hey, work hard and you will do well in life. But we don't tell them what to do after they get further in their jobs, after they become a CEO, then what? We have our celebrities that tell, tell the younger generation, work hard, practice hard, you can be an entertainer just like me. Practice hard daily, you can be a sportsman, a basketball player just like me. And then we don't tell them what happens afterwards. After they climb the ladder of success, then what? And then these children that, that we love and cherish and they, they look up to these idols, they grow up, they become successful just like the idols and then they end up dying just like the idols die, killing themselves. Because work without Jesus is meaningless. Everything under the sun is meaningless if you don't look beyond the sun to the S-O-N. It's meaningless. Now, neither would you hear me telling my kids, hey, don't work. Don't work hard at working. Work is stupid. You wouldn't hear me say that to my kid. Neither should you say that to your kids. If you're a kid listening, don't use this on your parents because working hard is a good thing. God is not saying everything under the sun is meaningless. Toil is meaningless. Uh, Working hard is futile, so don't work hard. Working hard is good. But hard work 
will not bring purpose and meaning to life. Only Jesus will. Hard work is a good thing. In fact, I think it's a blessing when you have an opportunity to work hard. And I think it's a blessing for you to reap the fruits of your hard work. But that hard work and toil, without bringing Jesus into it, without bringing Him getting glory out of it, it's meaningless. What do you try to build your life on other than Jesus? It's utterly, ultimately meaningless. Genesis chapter 1 verse 31 says, God, He creates everything. There's a sixth day. And God saw everything that He had made. And behold, it was good. It was very good, in fact. It was Tob. It was very good. And then there was evening and then there was morning, the sixth day. But what happened right after that? We see Adam and Eve, man. They sinned. They rebelled against God. They bring a curse not only on mankind, but even on the earth. You see, folks, maybe you're listening to this and you're watching this and you're probably intrigued. You maybe have thought all your life that Christians live in this stupid little bubble. But you know what? Believers in Jesus Christ are the people who really have the pulse on the reality of life. We realize that this world is not a home. See, if this world was not cursed, if this world was not groaning with pains looking forward to its redemption, it would be a whole different thing. But the world is cursed because of sin. And even in the world that we're living in, we see these traces of sin. And because of that, this world can never bring you eternal joy and satisfaction, no matter how much you labor in it. No matter how much you work hard, this world will never bring you eternal satisfaction. Working hard and enjoying the fruit of your labor is not wrong. It's a good thing. But when that joy becomes, takes the place of God, it will enslave you, ensnare you, and leave you depressed. Work without worship is meaningless. That's why Jesus, in Mark chapter 8, verse 36, he says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and then lose his soul? What are you going to profit? You know, we're living in a time where toilet paper is running off the shelf like it's bitcoins which was Bitcoin a couple of months ago, right? Like everybody was like, Bitcoin, 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 buy stocks, buy stocks, buy stocks. You know, or people, I've seen people stand in line to get the latest iPhones, not people stand in line to buy toilet paper. What's the world coming to, right? It's kind of crazy. What are you going to gain when you have all the toilet paper in the world, all the toothpaste in the world, the biggest house, the biggest mansion, the latest card, the latest, I don't know, the most number of followers? What are you going to gain? In the end, when you lose your soul, Jesus asked this beautiful question, what can a man give in return for his soul? Folks, without Jesus, work is meaningless. Second thing I want you to write down, satisfaction is an illusion without worship or satisfaction is meaningless without worship. And I, I spent some time thinking about this, didn't have much of uh, mental capacity to think about this, but I think satisfaction is not the end Satisfaction is the means and the end we, that we want to see is contentment. So we, we, we work on this journey of satisfaction eventually to find contentment. And satisfaction is not a means, it's, just a, it's not the ends, it's just a means to contentment. Satisfaction is an illusion without worship. I'll give you an example of this. See, as a kid, um, I saw my dad ride uh, his motorcycle, which actually, you know, he, wasn't, he didn't have a very good motorcycle at that point. It was just a moped just kind of crazy. He had pedals and it was a really, really tiny engine. Uh, he, was, he was a poor pastor, right? That's the best that he could get. And I watched my dad come home evening one day and he was super tired. And I didn't look at how tired he was and all the work he had to do and all that stuff. I just heard the sound of his moped and I got so jealous. I was like, man, my dad, he could ride his motorcycle anytime he wants, anywhere he wants, for however long he wants. And I was dumb enough to tell my dad, 
I said, man, when I'm old, I'm not going to be like you, tired and weary. I'm going to ride my motorcycle every day, everywhere. I'm never going to get tired. My dad laughed at me and he said, you know what? When you actually start riding and you ride through traffic and you have to work, you'll eventually get bored of it. So I grew up, got a motorcycle, and guess what? My dad was right. You know, yesterday the weather was beautiful, but I had a lot of work to get done, a lot of praying to do for this, and I really wanted to go for a ride, but I didn't get to go. Hopefully today after church, I'll be able to go. But I still, you know, when I was a kid, I thought, man, every day I'm just going to put everything on hold. I'm just going to ride my motorcycle because to me, I thought that's where I'm going to find contentment in. And my journey of satisfaction was my dreams of when I'm older, I will ride a motorcycle. My kid, a couple of months ago, he said a very similar song to me. And sadly, it wasn't about motorcycles. I don't know what kind of an example I'm painting for my son. But he says, Dad, I can't believe that you're old. You can eat ice cream whenever you want. When I'm old, man, that's all I'm going to do. It's going to be a rude awakening for him, right? Maybe ice cream and motorcycles has not been your story. Maybe for you it was, you know, you're living at home with your parents. And you're like, man, this is a hellhole. I can't wait to get out of this place. All these stupid rules. And, you know, I can't wait to just get my own apartment. But you're in college, so you're broke. Uh, so you, you get a you get a you know you get an apartment with your roommates and uh, but now you're broke so you can't party like you want to because you're in school and you only have a job that's delivering pizzas and now no one wants that either, and uh, and so you can't wait to to get out of college, you know and get a real job and so you get a job but now your college buddies are not there with you anymore so you can't party with them and you know you don't have time to party because you got all this work to get done and then you get to catch up on sleep and so you wait for. You know, the next thing that will bring you joy, and you're like, maybe a girlfriend, you know, maybe a girlfriend will be good, but girlfriend's too draining, so you're like, you know, just get married. We live in the same house, we we'll get married. You get married, and now she comes with her own, you know, desires of satisfaction and contentment. She's like, I want a baby. And so you have children, right? And then you're like, you know what? This is getting too stressful. Let's go on a vacation. You go on a vacation, and instead of it being stressful and relaxing and contentment and satisfaction, what do you do? You take two books to go read, but you don't end up reading them, you fall asleep. Come on, don't lie to me. Okay, that's what happens. You fall asleep instead of actually enjoying your vacation and partying like you were in high school. You come back home and now you want a break from your vacation to recover from your vacation. You work, 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 and then you're saving up for your pension and your retirement thing that when I retire, I'll have all the time to go fishing and boating and partying like I'm in college. And then you retire and you don't have energy to stay up past 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And what are you waiting for next? You see, satisfaction is just an illusion without Jesus in the picture. Satisfaction is just an illusion without worship being your primary focus of you being here on this earth. Hopefully that makes sense to you. It made a lot of sense to me in my head. This is what Solomon has to say. Maybe this will make more sense to you. Verse 9. What has been is what will be. And what has been done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. What has been is what will be. And what has been done is what will be done. And there's nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it said, see, this is new? And a lot of people bash on this. Okay, they say, well, he says it, it has been already in the ages before us. Well, but we have new technology. I mean, right now we're able to do church without me being in one building and you all driving your cars and putting your makeup on and your perfume on and sitting. So this is something new. It's never been done before. But what he's saying is not about technology and stuff. He's talking about the, the, the humanity, about mankind. We are going to grow up and the younger generation is always... Younger people, listen to me. The, old, the younger generation is always going to have a sense of arrogance to themselves, thinking that they have something that the older generation did not have and they have figured it out. And they're going to be better than the previous generation. They're going to grow up. They're going to chase satisfaction and they will fail. And then when they're old like me or older than me, they will tell their children, you know what, man, you're not going to find satisfaction. That, and they're going to reproduce little sinners 
who are going to feel the same way, grow up the same way, be arrogant, think that their parents were idiots, and they're going to do, repeat the same old cycle over and over and over and over and over again. And all the parents and grandparents said amen to that, right? Good. And then he says something that is really depressing. This is really sad because, man, we spend technology, time, money, energy. Think about all the things that we do to try to satisfy ourselves. And in the end, this is super depressing. Solomon says this is sad because all that hard work you do to find satisfaction, you, you think that you've achieved, become king of the world, you're not even going to be remembered in the end. Yikes. Look at verse 11. There's no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of latter things yet to be among those who come after. I know I'm using a lot of illustrations, but I need to because this, this, these verses are crazy and, and it's very where the rubber meets the road. So this college student that wanted to get away from the rules and regulations from their parents' home, right? So they go, they go to college. They, they can't wait to get out of college so they can get a real job. So he gets a real job, all right? And uh, Levi, I'm picturing you. Gets a real job, I'm joking. Uh, buys a new shirt, new tie, new haircut, looking fresh, smelling good, gets a new job. Man, this is it. He's, able to, he's going to be able to buy his Tesla even if he has to pay for it for the next 20 years. He's got a new job. He's excited. He walks into his new office. The, the old guy who's retiring is leaving and it looks all old-fashioned and it's not cool. So, you know, we get some cool artists to do some cool stuff and he gets furniture from Ikea to up, spruce up his office and to make it look cool and nice. Man, he's smelling good, looks fresh, face full of vision and passion. He's driven for, you know, to take this company to a whole new level. He works daily, works really hard, comes, brings his best every day and he gets promoted. He gets a pay, pay increase. Um, he, he gets new titles, gets a beautiful business card. He's able to pay off his Tesla. He's doing well. Years go by. And time comes now for him to retire. The, the once beautiful fresh haircut that he had is all gone now. He's bald and he's gray. The new shirt that he once wore is long gone. And those muscles that filled those shirts, it's all become saggy now. And um, he walks with a hunch. It's time for him to retire. So they throw a party for him in the lunchroom with... Um, pizza and cake. Terrible combination. Why did they do that? I don't know. And this poor guy who's old now cannot even eat it because he has you know, all sorts of health issues, but no one cares about that. They're like, hey, pizza and cake, let's do this terribly signed card that says congratulations and with handwriting that you can never read. That's how it is typically. So he finishes, he goes back to his office to, to get his stuff. He puts all his stuff in a, in a cardboard box and they give him a plaque. For what reason? I don't know. A plaque. And as he's walking out, he sees the guy that's replacing him. Just out of college young, brand new shirt, new tie, fresh haircut, smelling good, vision, passion written all over his face. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store. 